Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 99. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Help, I got a Mac podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. We're here this week to talk about Apple going black. And of yes. course, revealing all kinds of secret information finally to developers. All of that, many more stories, and a couple questions and an app review right now. I feel like I'm watching Fox News right now. I don't watch Fox News. We could hear what we even do. Uh, let's not. Okay, <laughs> but man, it's a it's a a full uh, a show chock full of wind today. It is. So, what do you want to start off with? Because I think there's a lot of valuable information. But wh- what do you think is the biggest news story here? This one just came out today. That's how that's how fast and well. It's actually just due to me not starting the show notes until like ten minutes. Till. There but, you go. <laughs> uh, today, an unnamed unnamed sources from spe- unspecified component manufacturers say that Apple's postponing the launch of its amazing Wonder Tablet, moving the date from next March to the second half of 2010. According to the shadowy sources, Apple has decided to switch some components and now plans to introduce a tablet using a 9.7-inch OLED panel from LG Display. The panels will be provided under Apple's five-year, $500 million display deal with LG Display revealed at the beginning of the year. This is all rumor and speculation, so... It's a rumored delay for a rumored device. So I I love only that, Apple could do this. I love that there are rumors about a delay of a device that's never been officially announced. That is really cool. Exactly. <laughs> Darn. Now, it, it would be cool if they moved the OLED, but the only issue I see in that is that those panels are wicked expensive. Yeah. And you know they could probably get a larger panel for you know half the price or even more if they just still stuck with traditional uh, LCD. So. Right. Now, what are they using we'll in see. the MacBook Pros these days? Don't they have something? Those are LCDs, but they're, the, the, the big difference now with the, the LCD technology is that on most of them, and I think my, I know my MacBook Pro has the new one, but like my 23-inch display in the, in the studio has, I'm sure, the old display. Those things are backlit with actually like a, a you know, a neon tube, a, um, a fluorescent light. Oh, is that what they're using? Yeah, but now the the new technology is to use LEDs. Ah, uh, that's what L- it is. LED. So yeah, de- yeah. Like, def- like the MacBook Pro uses LEDs, which gives it a, a you know the, they they don't burn out nearly as short. They stay brighter. They use less power. They're, right. It's more of a uniform brightness. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I don't think they'd go to OLED. I I, I could be wrong. I could see them using OLED in the next version of the iPhone. Mm-hmm. That'd be sweet. Basically, I'm just hoping that all the cool stuff goes to the iPhone for next year. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know about a 9.7-inch display on an iPhone, though. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, I mean, like, the, the Zune HD uses an OLED you know, screen, and it's only 250 bucks. So I yeah. could see Apple switching to that. And th- those screens are beautiful. Yeah. They, they have way better color. Very cool. All right, so so no device, no no Apple tablet or Slate or whatever it might be called if they were actually working on one, uh, don't plan on buying one for somebody for Christmas. Oh, yeah, regardless. All right. That wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. 
All right. So moving on to the next story, I have, uh, I think I've heard about this somewhere else, but I, I just came across it today uh, to share here. It says Apple's new patent is patently crazy. Uh, and this comes from PCWorld.com, where it says Jobs and Company have filed for a patent on technology that embeds ads into an operating system and makes you prove that you watched them. And it says here, uh, further down in the article, basically they filed for a patent technology that would force you to watch advertisements no matter how hard you try to avoid it. What is up with that? <laughs> now, uh, Apple's famous for, for patenting things and never using them. Okay. So, who knows? I mean, uh, th- this could be for you know an SDK thing for the iPhone or something, because you know, it's all OS ten. You know, I could see where uh, software manufacturers would release a product for free, but yet you know you can use Apple's new ad something or other to watch a, a you know a ten second ad when you launch the app. I don't know. I, I would download a free version of Photoshop if it was full featured and all I had to do was watch a, an ad when I first launched it. Yeah. Would you? I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's an $800 program for free. I would do that. Yeah. If it was an $800 program like Photoshop, then yeah, I would do it. I, I guess so. Yeah. If it's a $20 app, forget it. Yeah. I, I'd pay the 20 bucks in a heartbeat. But, you know, of course, that $20 app, what if they gave you the option either way, you know? And, and I bet you some people would choose to go for the advertising route. Depending on the, how intrusive the advertising is, how, you know, you know, is this something that has to run in the background? You know, if, if it was something where I'm, I'm getting ready to launch Photoshop and I had to watch a 60-second advertisement that showed up as instead of the splash screen. But my my sneaking suspicion. Let's just let's just say in a in a perfect world that that's the kind of deal we're talking here, and that you had an eight hundred dollar piece of software like like Adobe Audition. Do you think we're really going to get by with just watching an ad when we open it, or are, no. <laughs> are we going to have to watch an ad every thirty minutes while we're working? See, now that would be stupid. To, to break up my productivity to watch an ad, that I wouldn't stand for. Yeah, exactly. And that's the only re- way that I could see advertising bringing in similar revenues to you just forking out the 800 bucks. Yeah. And Apple, Apple might be trying to get into the ad game. They, they tried to make a bid for AdMob, and Google ended up buying them instead. And uh, AdMob, you see it on your iPhone when you go to, to iPhone-enabled sites. It's a little you know banner little banner ad it's about i don't know three i don't know maybe a quarter of an inch thick at the top or bottom of 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 an iphone website or an app and apple tried to buy them and it ended up google won out and bought them for 750 million dollars so 750 million dollars that's craziness that's real money my friend maybe i need to start putting ads in my uh gspn.tv application this hour brought to you by <laughs> you know, Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Anyway, uh, moving right along here. MacBooks are more reliable than netbooks. What's up with that? Yeah, this was a study that was um, done by, according to a third-party warranty shop, Square Trade. Now, these are you know these are warranty shops where you can buy warranties above and beyond uh, what like Dell offers or Apple offers. But a study of over thirty thousand notebooks over the course of three years determined that the final reliability statistics determine that netbooks fail 40% more than premium laptops and Apple's net MacBook line above average reliability. Yeah. I well, can read that sentence. 
So yeah, typically netbooks fail forty percent more than more expensive, uh, you know, than the more expensive MacBook line. Do you think this is really worth us worthy of a story uh, for, in the press? It's more of a neener, neener, neener thing, I think, than anything. Right, because are we? T- we're not comparing, and and there is no pun intended here, but we are not comparing apples to apples. When you you consider a MacBook next to a netbook, oh yeah, net, to me netbooks are kind of like disposable computers. Yeah, they are. They're they're basically you know a free uh, a free computer included with a small monitor. Exactly. <laughs> you know that's kind of the way that I've I I, I figure those. Uh, but here's the deal on the netbooks: people are buying netbooks left and right for their college kids going off to school. You know, yeah, with, be, the, with be, the thought that these things are going to be beat up and destroyed, right? And and they're they're thinking, you know, this is you know this is an affordable thing I can do. He's only going to be doing email, and and he's only going to be doing um, writing papers. And I'm, sure, I'm going to get him a netbook with the full keyboard. Let's just assume that they do that. Heaven forbid somebody actually not know what they're doing, and they buy their child uh, a, a going away netbook for for college to type up his papers, and it's got that little tiny keyboard scrunched up <laughs> exactly yeah. uh just buy the kid a, a at least a, a, a usb powered keyboard uh, that or it, spend another hundred bucks and get like an acer laptop well that's what i'm saying yeah but let's just assume that they got them one that that has a decent size full keyboard on it and it's it was you know 400 bucks well, in that situation, what's going to happen there is that those those computers are not meant for heavy duty. And and while the mom and dad think that you know really they're only going to be doing you know email and some, writing some papers, the truth is those college students are out there uh, downloading music, trying to uh, edit video, and uh, using whatever software. They're trying to do all these additional things today. And, and I'll be honest with you, the, these netbooks are not created to, to multitask with three or four or five programs open at the same time. Of course, they're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have enough memory to store all that stuff in RAM. I mean, my, my little netbook, I purchased it for one thing and one thing only. And that is only to talk to you and several of the other co-hosts here via Skype. <clears throat> and I will tell you, if I leave Skype open too long... Like for a day on my netbook, my netbook starts to become unresponsive just because of the you know the overrun of memory. Really? Yeah. I mean, it. it I have to actually so you have to just, kill it every once in a while. And- yeah, about once a week, I need to actually power the thing down and let it do a fresh reboot. Mm. It's it's crazy. Mm. So yeah, I, I see that, but but to sit there and say, oh, MacBooks are more reliable than netbooks, it's like, well, duh, my Lexus drives smoother than a Yugo. Wow, let's put that in the news. Cons- yeah. Consumer report says the Lexus has a smoother ride than the- I mean, come on. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Moving right along. So Apple goes black. Tell us about it, man. Yeah, this is every year, um, you know, on Black Friday, uh Apple does some kind of deal. You know, generally it's like ten percent off this or that, you know, nothing huge. Uh, but the Boy Genius Report are getting a lot of hits out of a story they ran on Monday. Apparently, one of their contacts slipped them a, quote, shot of Apple early Black Friday deals. Um, and Apple's going to email this out. They'll probably email it out next week, probably a Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, but the discounts allegedly are up to 30% on iP- all iPods, excluding iPhone or iPod Shuffle. 
up to 25% on all Macs and wow. up to 15% on all accessories, Apple software and Apple hardware. And this will only happen on November 27th and apparently select Apple stores will open at 6 a.m. And normally the stores do open early, um, 6, you know, 7, around there. But yeah, that's... If that's true, man. Thirty percent on iPods. That's a that'd be a nice little iPod touch. No, 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 no. You can't. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Excluding iPhone and iPod Shuffle, so the touch yeah. would be included. Yeah. Wow. Thirty percent. Well, even thirty percent off of a off of a nice Nano. That yeah, take, definitely. That, that now takes video. I mean, that that is those are. I mean, thirty percent off of an Apple product is pretty significant. And if it's twenty five, and I'll tell you right now, Apple employees, uh, their their discount, their personal discount is twenty five percent off. Yeah, Macs and and iPods. So you would in, you would in theory, if this is true, you would be getting as good of a discount, if not better, on the iPod than Apple employees, and the same as Apple employees on the Macs. So can you imagine twenty five percent three, you know, one fourth off on a Mac? on november 27th is that right november 27th yeah yeah so my friends if you are in the uh, market for buying a mac it seems to be the day to purchase that is november 27th and one of the things that i would suggest that you do if this actually turns out to be true even if it's not and you're gonna get 10 percent off uh i would go ahead and go to apple.com slash retail and I would look up the store closest to you, and I would set up one of those appointments with a personal shopper so you can get in there and get yourself a Mac. And the, the well, earlier, the better. Here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize this. You don't even have to leave your house to get these deals. Oh, really? The deals are typically on their website, too. Okay. Well, there you go. So if, so if you know what you want, just go to app, uh, store.apple.com uh, the day after Thanksgiving and, uh, in, in the U.S. and, and buy up. All right. Well, there you go. See, lots of great information here, saving you tons of money. That's what we want to do here on the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Now, a word from our sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Apple lifts veil on the App Store approval status process. So, there. have you heard about this story? Uh, no. It says here that the Apple uh, it says Apple has added a feature to its development center website allowing developers to view the approval status of submitted applications. And a move that is sure to please many developers tell Apple Insider that the Apple's development center website has been added has added the fun- ability for de- developers to track the status of apps currently under review. In the past, Apple had notoriously kept developers in the dark about the review and approval process. They are allegedly nine steps. Are, let's see here. There are allegedly nine status levels for submitted applications, included nine. Include, yeah, nine, including <laughs> in review, ready for sale, and rejected. Uh, while the update to the development center website may not seem like a major change, it's a step in the right direction towards greater transparency and disclosure about the application review process. I don't see that. <laughs> Anyway, some what, uh, what, what what status uh, is set aside for uh, apps that should be allowed, but Apple won't because they're they're being d bags. Exactly, like, uh, like the uh, Google Voice app. What, what status is that one? Yeah, that In review. W- yeah, I think that one's actually was rejected currently under review because of investigation with the FCC <sighs> or F- whoever it is. 
Anyway, some still remain unhappy about Apple's overall app submission process, including myself, which I'm adding right there. Joe Hewitt, developer of the Facebook app for the iPhone, told TechCrunch Wednesday that he has decided to stop developing for the platform, citing Apple's App Store policies. I'm very concerned that they are setting a horrible precedent for other software platforms. So did you hear about that story, that the guy who (coughs) developed the Facebook application, he's no longer going to develop that anymore? Yeah, we talked about that last week. Okay, I didn't know if that was here or Social Media Serenity. It was here. All right. Earlier this, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I <laughs> no doubt. I've sat there and had the conversation <laughs> with you. Earlier this year, Apple Insider was told that many developers are pulling their hair out by the roots uh, over the approval process. Approvals that once took days are now taking months. And Apple's response to inquiry about the process was stock answer no. Uh, was either a stock answer or no. Uh, did not receive an answer at all. After weathering a storm of criticism, developers and pundits alike, Phil Schiller, Apple's senior vice president of worldwide product marketing, directly reached out to the developer community, sending personal responses to many of its high-profile critics. And Mm. so then uh, this article has some some other stuff out there, and I'll see if I can put the link to that in the show notes. Gives you some screenshots of of showing, you know, the status screen. It's a beautiful rejection screen. It is. It's it's very Apple-esque. Of course, it doesn't give you a reason why. It just says rejected. Just says rejected. <sighs> Apple, come I, on. I hate the Apple store when it comes to apps. I like the I like apps. I like the iPhone. I just don't like that I can't get exactly what I want. Yeah, I, I can't stand that. You know, I I pay hundreds of dollars to have a an app developed, and they refuse to release it. You know, it. Nope. Uh, I'm so I mean everybody's like Cliff you know you really should add this functionality. Hey Cliff you really should add this functionality. Cliff you it's like dude it's done it's at Apple it's rejected. Nothing more I can do. Jeez. Craziness. Anyway. I'm not bitter. Yeah, Phil, oh, wait, Phil yeah, Schiller didn't Phil Schiller didn't contact you did he? No. I'm not one of his <laughs> highest profile critics. Although I'm sure I'm pretty close to the top aren't I? Sure. I mean, I'm a pretty. I mean, I mean, I'm not high profile like New York Times or anything like that. But I think they're in they're in cahoots with one another. Those New York Times people. <laughs> anyway, Anne from Germany writes in and she says, "Hey, I have three cr- questions regarding my MacBook Pro." Which, by the way, for those of you who are relatively new to our show, Anne is our friend from Germany who came and visited us here uh, for a couple of days. She stayed with Stephanie and I. And I know. I'm bummed. I was. I, I really wanted to meet her because I've only talked to her over the internet's. Yeah, well, but, she, she's uh, going to be back for the lost premiere or finale party this year. So, oh, I think she said she's moving to the states too. Yeah, she will be. Anyway, cool. she while she was here in the states, she purchased her MacBook Pro, and she's got three questions. Number one, the question is: Is it possible to create folders that can only be opened with a password? I don't think so. All right, and is there? <laughs> all right, not a problem. Is there? Uh, wait a second. Can you not do password-protected zip files? Uh, you can do disk images. Disk images. All right. Can you password-protect disk images? Yes. Now, right. I'm double-checking on that password-protect folders. Uh, it seems to me like there would be an application that you could create or that you could install. <sighs> yeah, but basically what you have to do is just is create... You have to create like your own little disk image in, in disk utility. Like, let's say you want to make like a... You want to dedicate a hundred megabytes for documents that you want to lock up yeah 
you go to disk utility and, and you create a new disk image from the folder, and then you just choose encryption and hit save. There you go. And that yeah, would, I mean, so so there, and you could add to it and take away from it. Yeah. See that. See, and it, it's the, kind of a weird workaround, though. The normal podcast answering your Mac questions would just say, "Ah, it's not possible. Let's move forward." But no, we here try to think about a solution. So, so go to Disk Utility, create a disk image, and then what you would do from there is uh, choose encryption, and then you could drag and drop files into that disk image. Is that correct? Yes. There we go. And of course, if anybody else out there listening has any um, software that would allow her to have a folder that, or at least a program that she could drag and drop the things into that it would kind of put it into a secure location, that would be great to know as well. I wonder if my Dropbox has password protection. Uh, not locally, no. Not locally. Okay. Anyway, anybody else out there, if you got some tips on that, give us a call. Area code 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Let us know your thoughts. All right, question number two. I recently had to change my Twitter password and can't access my Tweety account. I haven't found a way to change my password in the Tweety settings. I have deinstalled and reinstalled Tweety several times, but it seems like all my settings were saved because when I opened Tweety after reinstalling it, uh, it just opens my old account. What can I do? I have an answer for this one. Yeah, now I, I was wondering if she meant Tweety for the iPhone or Tweety for her computer. Well, she says these are three questions regarding my MacBook Pro. So okay. this would, and, and I think that this would have to be a keychain issue, wouldn't it? Um, it could be, but it, uh, under Tweety settings, um, if you go under uh, Tweety preferences and then go to accounts, yep. you there is no way to, to change your password. What you do is you actually remove the account, and so you, you highlight your account, hit the minus key, it'll delete your account, and then hit the plus key and re-enter your account. Okay. Well, that should work then for sure. Yeah, I, I, I changed my Tweety password or my Twitter password not too long ago, and um, that's what I had to do. Okay. Very cool. So hopefully that'll help you out, and, uh, and let us know if it doesn't work. The other thing that I would ask is, um, you know, does the... Does the Tweety application for the Apple or for the Mac, does that have a plist file? Is that what they call them? Mm-hmm. It so, should. So you could, in theory, you should be able to delete the plist file, which would take away all the settings. Yeah, unless it uses Keychain what? for... Um, right. And then if it uses Keychain, where, where do you go to find your Keychain to manage your Keychain? Uh, it's under applications, under utilities. Okay, so here's here's another thing to try if that doesn't work for you, Ann, is to go to uh, your applications folder, go to disk utility, and then keychain is in there. Is that what you're saying? No, no, Chris? no. Applications. Oh, utilities. Utilities. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then it's uh, then you should see a place where you can manage your keychain settings, which um, it should have a list of your applic- uh, your applications and the passwords that you and you can change the passwords that you have stored there. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can look at your password. Like, if you can't remember what your wireless password is, it's in there. Gotcha. All right, so uh, there we go. And then question number three, how can I change the default settings? For example, I'd like video files to open with VLC automatically instead of QuickTime. Hope you can help. Okay, easy way to do this. Take uh, the, fo- the file that you want. Let's say you have a QuickTime uh, file on your desktop. 
what you do is if you have, if you have a two button mouse, right click on it, and if not, you do control click. I'm sorry, command click. Is it control click or command? I, I, it would be now, control. Now that I have, it's control click. Control click, right? Okay, so you would control click or, or right click on it and go to get info. It'll open up a little a little box that tells you you know the size and more info about it. Um, you'll also see a drop down that says open with. And when you click on open with, you have a, a choice of, of things you could open with. It. VLC should be in there. What you do is you select VLC and then click the button below that says change all. That should go from gray to be able to be clickable. And you click that and that changes all the files that have that file type of .mov to open up uh, and use VLC instead of QuickTime. Right. That's how you do it. And, of course, uh, hopefully that has helped you out. And, and if you have additional questions, don't hesitate to let us know. We are here to help you. And, by the way, folks, if you have questions regarding the Mac or the iPhone or any kind of Apple-related story or product, please give us a call. Our voicemail hotline is available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, some people have said, you know, I'd love to call in, but I just never know if I'm going to interrupt anybody or dinner time. Uh, just so you know, the voicemail hotline never rings here in our home or our studio. It just goes directly to voicemail. So give us a call right now at area code 859-795-4067. And Chris, we have one more item here, unless you have something as additional. No, I just saw one. Well, I just saw one, just saw one come across the uh, chat room. Okay, what was that? Uh, someone goes, does anybody know how to get iPhoto to stop starting every time I plug in my touch? And yes, what you do is you go into, you have your iPhone or iPod Touch plugged in, go to image capture. Uh, when you go into devices, uh, you'll see your, your touch there and it'll say automatically launch you know, iPhoto. If you choose it to not automatically launch iPhoto, you should be okay. There you go. So, Moving right along, we have the uh, app review that I had told you about, and Chris K is going to tell us about a little easy game that we might all be familiar with. Here's what Chris K has to say. Hey guys, Chris K with a review for Help I Got a Mac. The app I'm reviewing this week is called Ski Ball. It's 99 cents in the App Store. I'm sure everyone has played Ski Ball in their life, so I don't need, really need to explain the rules of this. But the interesting thing about this app is it has one of the most fun features of playing actual ski ball. Your score gives you a certain amount of tickets, and you can use the tickets in-game to buy completely useless objects like vampire teeth, popsicles, or flutes, anything like that. It's fun, it's easy to learn, and at $0.99 cents is a good price, so check that one out. All right, so there you go. You can buy vampire teeth. I love vampire teeth. Chris, thank you so much for your weekly app reviews, uh, and and it's a it's great for us to be able to have additional things to look at. And I think he's planning something special for episode number one hundred. Wow, I I need to plan something special for episode one hundred. So, I still haven't gotten I still haven't gotten my uh, my my Tweety um, licenses yet. So still waiting on those. Hopefully, I'll get those soon. Very Maybe cool. I'll I'll send uh, Lauren a message and see how how that's going with that. Sounds great. Hey, everybody, if you are enjoying the Help I Got a Mac podcast and you're wondering, you know, I, I'm, I'm subscribed to this thing, but the numbers just don't go in the right order. I'm missing something. What am I doing wrong? Well, you're not doing anything wrong. We do podcasting here full time at gspn.tv. 
Uh, this is what my wife and I do for a living, and I have some wonderful friends like Chris Biting and several others who are experts in the various different topics that we cover here. And we do this full-time as our career. And so we would love to have you get access to more than 1,800 podcast episodes that are available online to our gspn.tv plus members. You can become a plus member, learn all about what a plus member is over at gspn.tv slash plus, and you'll find out if you head over there why 317 people are already plus members. We would love for you to be able to get every single episode of this content, of this podcast, including every single episode of the other 23 podcasts that we produce, which, by the way, Chris... Did you know we just launched our 24th podcast? (laughs) Of course you did. Of course we did. Stephanie and I just launched the Twilight Saga podcast. Have you Uh ever... Uh-oh. Yeah. Have you read the books Twilight, the saga? I have not. not. My my wife has. Has she? Well, you need to tell her to check out twilightsagapodcast.com. That might become your most popular podcast, man. It's, It's looking that way, my friend. It's looking that way. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And please tell somebody else out there that you have heard about um, wonderful uh, weekly tips and tricks on how to do everything related to the Mac on the Help I Got a Mac show. Just send your friends to helpigotamac.com. It's a great way to start a conversation in the Apple Store. Anyway, we'll talk to you next week. Until next time, join the community. See ya. See ya.